That Project Family, how's it going now? On this podcast, we talk a lot about getting your lab work done. That's why we've partnered with Merrick Health. They're a telehealth network, and they're owned by Derek for more plates, more dates. But the amazing thing about Merrick is that when you when they get your labs done, they have a client care coordinator go over those labs with you. Now, a lot of you, when you guys are looking at labs and looking at your testosterone, cholesterol, etc., what Merrick Health does is they don't immediately throw a needle at you, okay? They can help you figure out what type of things you need to do in terms of your nutrition, potentially what you need to do through your supplementation. And if you're someone who potentially has hormonal issues, whether you're advanced in age or you do have very low testosterone, Merrick will put you on a protocol that is specific to you and that helps you out with your current levels. The problem with a lot of these other telehealth networks is that when they do HRT for individuals, they give everybody the same exact thing. And that can actually damage you and not be beneficial. That's why Merrick Health's the way to go. And Andrew, how do they go about it? Yes, that's over at MerrickHealth.com. That's M-A-R-E-K Health.com. And let's say you just you just want to get your testosterone checked, or maybe you want to get your testosterone, your estrogen, and a couple of other things. Uh, load all those labs into your cart, and at checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT10 to save 10% off all those labs. But let's say you're not sure where to start. Head over to MerrickHealth.com slash POWERPROJECT and get the Power Project panel. That's going to cover everything you need to know including a uh, consultation with a client care coordinator uh, that comes free with that and use promo code power project to save $101 off of that entire bundle. Again, MerrickHealth.com links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. So, so. Whoa. Okay, good. We're on. Yeah. Yeah. We're going. We're rolling. You have it working. Yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm. So what happened with this? Uh, so right. in SEMA. Yeah, dude. So, um, Chris Kadowski, who we're going to have on the podcast, like right after you guys, he came here, he has us doing all this body work stuff. And in his book, he talked about the so right. So I was like, I got to purchase this immediately. I've used it here before. Mm -hmm. But one of the things he mentions is that like tight psoases can lead to sexual dysfunction because of like the way it connects to the spine and then how if it's tight, like individuals are in here and it kind of restricts blood flow to your genitals, right? Makes sense. So I don't necessarily think I have like tight hip flexors or whatever. I don't work on my psoas much, but after I did it, First off, I felt pretty great, but everyone has morning wood. I woke up with typical morning wood, but this time yeah. it wasn't as typical. It was like, it was like, I it felt was exceptional. I felt exceptional. <laughs> it's like I felt extra pressure. <laughs> it was literally, and I was, I was like, and then it was like, bah! and I was, uh, it was like powerful mm. and it's, it's not typically weak, but it was extra powerful. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure like the so right just kind of like, that's going to be the new marketing up. ad for yeah. so right. Now we're going to see bro. like, so right for ED. Like, <laughs> well, and the, the hey. marketing could be like, be careful with how much you can use, you know, use this because you don't want to grow like three, four inches mm. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You don't. Well, that's the thing, right? Maybe, <laughs> I'm like, maybe it, gets, cool. maybe it gets too aggressive, you know? It can, it, you know, your dick can kind of seem angry sometimes, right? It can. You're that's like, whoa, <laughs> like, dude, what the Calm fuck is going on you, bro? <laughs> this is supposed to be a happy moment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I understand we're excited, but good God. No, nah, but on real talk, everybody else should get so right. They're like, we're not sponsored. <laughs> you should just go on Amazon <laughs> right now it. and fucking buy it. I'm but serious. we are now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the next two hours or so, everyone just has to bear with us. This is like being in health class, <laughs> yeah. you know, like in what, eighth, ninth grade? Like we're going to say penis, we're going to say ass, we're going to say gay, we're going to say lots of words, and you guys might have a hard time with it. Maybe I heard it in fourth grade from my gym but teacher. But that's every episode from us. You understand? <laughs> say, There's it's nothing new for this podcast. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> but we do have to get people prepared, right? Because, yeah. pe- you know, people are sensitive nowadays, I guess. That's true. More so than others. 
Do you think people are more sensitive nowadays? And do you think it's a good or bad thing? What do you think? I mean, I feel like we were talking about this the other day, like, what we were watching, like, Will and Grace, it's like, the, the shit that they say on there, you would never be able to say oh, now. Hell Like, no. so no. many people would have an issue with it. Yeah. And like, yes and no, I feel like some things you shouldn't be able to say, but... I feel like people are just more willing to voice their opinion against it now, mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like something they don't like, they can just, like, pop off and just say whatever... They feel like they can say whatever they want. Um, so I don't think, like, people are necessarily more sensitive. I think they are just more comfortable with it you know, talking about the, their displeasure with something. Mm-hmm. I agree there too. Will and Grace, I watched a few episodes that when I was a kid. It was a good Is show. Is he not Jack? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That, yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, but one thing, one thing that's, that's pretty fucking interesting nowadays is like, I think there, there's a sensitivity aspect, but there's also things that are legitimate. There, there, there are things that are legitimate. Like there are certain, there are certain words that you'd use in high school or I'd use in high school, right? That shit was totally normal and it wasn't, nothing was ever melting malice or, or it was just like, you're fucking around or you're just talking shit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you're just certain things you shouldn't be saying, but it's, it's a, it's apparent that like those words cannot be used in that way it, it's it affects other people you know what i mean yeah so some people are angry about that but it's like that just makes sense you know find find other words good, that huh? can give you some of the <laughs> same that can give the same effect same meaning yeah exactly you know well, it's like growing up like even me it's like how many times do you say like that's gay hell I, a lot all the time a mm-hmm. lot it's just <laughs> Wait like a second you were saying it <laughs> i was i mean i was a late bloomer though i didn't come out till i was 22 mm. You know, so I always joke around and say like my gaydar is terrible because I didn't even know it about myself until <laughs> oh my I was twenty two. <laughs> I mean, it is bad. Yeah, <laughs> you're so you're so learning. <laughs> I love how he just throws me under the yeah. bus even more. <laughs> Joey's like that guy was flirting with you. You're like, what? He was. <laughs> <laughs> like I had no I had no idea. No, I'm oblivious to that shit. Yeah, when it comes to these mm-hmm. topics, you know, I think uh, sometimes people get they just get really like. Uh, they get really frustrated, I think, I because people don't know what they can say, what they can't say, and they feel like things are are being like stripped away from them. They, they can't still have fun with their friend and say X, Y, or Z. The way I've looked at a lot of this stuff is like, if I'm intentionally hurting somebody, I want to know about it. I do want to know about it. Yeah. I want to work on correcting myself because I just think that I'm massively flawed. Like I got a lot of things that I could work on and I can get better at. So if I say something and it feels derogatory for somebody or for a particular group i would hope that it was pointed out in some way i don't know about getting canceled but yeah not that far but I, like yeah let i hope me know. it was like pointed out because i'm not ever trying to do anything out of like malice or trying to really legitimately hurt anybody i think a lot of that comes from you know when you talk about like people are afraid to like ask questions or talk about things like especially to two gay men it is all behind the intention of what you're asking Right. Like, cause there's some people that like will ask questions and it's just coming off blatantly inappropriate and offensive to both me and Joey. Mm-hmm. Right. But if somebody's like, Hey, I like, I've always kind of wondered this, like, and they ask a question regarding homosexuality or the LGBTQ plus community. And if you can tell that they have a genuine curiosity and they're finding out to better their knowledge about the subject, then like, I'm totally fine answering any question you have. Right. But like, if you're coming across as a dick, like <laughs> I'm going to tell you to go F off. Yeah. 
Yeah, like how much steroids do you take to lift all those big weights? When someone comes at you yeah, to ask you exactly. a lifting question, they're like, that happened like, to me at a high school I was just talking at. <laughs> <laughs> Not even kidding. Yeah, wow. Like, it's part of the Q&A. I was like, that is a ballsy yeah. move, sir. Like uh, a, great, a great way to start off the Q&A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, we're going to take no more questions after that. <laughs> well, and Joey's like filming the thing and he's like behind the camera. You can hear him be like, what? <laughs> like, did he just say that? <laughs> That's where everyone's minds fixated on right now is, is yeah. on like performance enhancing drugs. Cause you see so many people talking about it more openly. Yeah. And then, yeah. so the young kids are like, well, it seems like a cool way to make money in the fitness game. If I get really strong or if I get in really good shape, then maybe that's an avenue I can go down. It's a good and a bad thing. Right, because I think obviously when PEDs became really popular, they were being abused in a way that was negatively affecting people. Um, but I feel like with people being more open about their experiences with it and and how it is affecting them and in whatever they want to get out of it, I feel like having those those conversations does it just gives more information to people about it, right? The benefits and the negatives of, of PEDs. So like, I think it's like, it's a double-edged sword that people are talking about it more and those, and now kids have, you know, access to that information. How'd you guys meet? I'm going to let you take this. You sure? Yeah. You're the one that messaged me first. Okay. Oh, <laughs> dating app? <laughs> oh, the most go. classy dating yeah. app there is Tinder. for gay men. Oh, uh, Grindr. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> You take yeah, I know my apps. So, <laughs> so we met in 2014 on Grinder. Um, I actually wasn't even out yet. I was still in the closet. So I was that shirtless torso. Pick. <laughs> <laughs> he was giving a little flex too, and I was like, "Oh, all right, this so, is someone yeah, new." I'm like, <laughs> I was the fresh meat on the on the app, and uh, he hit me up. And like, to be honest, I didn't message him first because I thought he was way out of my league. Um, and then he messaged me. And I was like. Nice. <laughs> Did you say you thought I was catfishing? You? I totally thought he was a catfish. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> but like, what well, the cool thing is, is like we actually talked for two or three weeks before we like even before met. we even met in person and went on a date. Oh, wow. um, I was in grad school at the time and like working at a boarding school at the same time, so like my schedule was crazy and like he had just moved back from college. I graduated. Yeah. He graduated undergrad. And so like we were just like we're twenty two like. Both of us were honestly not looking for a relationship. It's grinder, for God's sakes. Um, <laughs> and, and we're 22 years old. So. 22 you never old. know what you're going to find. Yeah. No, I mean, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, we went on our first date a couple of weeks later. After It was like two or three days before our first date, we had like – we were on the phone. And it was like one of those like giddy middle school conversations. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding, like seven and a half hours on the phone. And I was like, okay, like this is – He's not fake, and, and, right? And, and pause though. Like at this point, you still weren't publicly out, but no. you were you were on the app. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I was one of those DL guys. Okay. Yeah. Obviously not anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. That's uh, where it came from, right? Keeping things on the on DL. the down low. Yeah. Right? Down yeah. Low. yeah. Um, yeah. So we we ended up going on our first date, and like obviously had interest in each other. Like hit it off, and neither of us were obviously expecting a lifelong partnership with each other at 22 years old meeting that way. Uh, but it just kind of, we didn't really have to try. Kind of just like with the flow, we're like, all right, we'll see what happens and it happens. And yeah, here we are now. Luckily he stuck around. <clears throat> How is uh, your love for each other any different than anybody else's? If it is different. No, it's not. It's the same, right? Yeah. Literally the same. And I think that, I think when people's, their mind kind of jumps to, when they hear gay, especially gay men, for some reason, it's uh, 
more of a, a thing than gay women. Mm. Uh, who knows body parts or what, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I think that your mind jumps to sex. Yes. I think when Instantly. you hear gay men, you automatically maybe think of i don't know why maybe i'm the only one that's this way no, I say, like, <laughs> no things no, portrayed in like the media or like tv it's kind of like it's just geared towards sex so like whenever anyone thinks about it, it's like oh just sex it's not just like when you think about a heterosexual couple and you don't yeah you don't think about like no there's a, there's an actual relationship there yeah, yeah. these I, people love each other the word i always use is like the lgbtq community is like hypersexualized. right like that's mm. where my mind goes to it because it's like you're exactly right it's like I post a picture of Joey and I on our Instagram on Instagram and like the comments are like, we don't care what you do in the bedroom. I'm like, I'm literally holding his hand at dinner. <laughs> We're on a date. <laughs> <laughs> this is disgusting. Keep Look that away. shit private, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, it's not like, you know, I'm literally posting a porno of us. Uh, this I, is <laughs> I have a question. Is it is usually like a straight white guy that that, that the comments 99% from ninety nine percent of or Middle Eastern uh, or Middle, or Middle Eastern, Eastern <laughs> you know, profiles. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I do have a question for you. Uh, y'all know the comedian Mateo Lane? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, all right. So I, I, he's, I, he's yes. fucking hilarious. Yeah. But um, my girlfriend, she's she's queer, and we were having a conversation once because I was listening to something that that uh, he was saying, and he was talking about how like he goes to different places and he just gets on Grinder and like immediate right now. As guys, we're we're like we are more upfront sexually than women are typically. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. So the, I, he was saying that like, okay, as men straight or gay, you're, you're more upfront sexually. Yep. Now in the gay community for men, it seems that like it is sexualized, but it's just like dudes that are like, Horny. Horny. Horny yeah. So, and it's like, yeah, we're dudes. We're still fucking dudes. <laughs> yeah. So, is it like literally fucking dudes? I don't know how to phrase this question. I don't know how to phrase this question, but it, it is hypersexualized, but isn't it more like more upfront sexual than like uh, than gay women? Because as men, we are more upfront Sexual. about it, right? Yeah. And then also, is For there sure. any like. Uh, I mean, if, if you've been in the closet, right, you've been suppressing all these urges, I'll say, and then now all of a sudden you come out, it's just like, oh, let's let the floodgates open on this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be some of that too, right? Um, for me, yeah. I'm just lucky that the first guy I got with was really hot. There you go. <laughs> You're you know? very handsome. Thanks. Yeah. Take it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is crazy. Like, I remember like when I was on Grinder, like, talking to Joey and like all the other guys, like some guys wouldn't even say hi. They would just send a dick. <laughs> oh, and it's like two or three in a row. And it's like, even if you still don't answer, they, they send like different ones. And it's like the first three still didn't get me. So I don't know why these next four are going to do it. <laughs> the lighting in this yeah. one's a little bit better though. Yeah. Hey, can we position it different? Like, yeah. Like not even a hello, yeah. not a what's up. It's yeah. just like dick. And, and that's the thing. Like when I was on Tinder, like, that's a guy move. Though. Yeah. Girls be like, I'm it's always exactly. getting dick pics. And I'm like, I don't get it, but I, I, I can, see that i can see that makes a lot of sense what's funny now is like now that i'm openly gay like in a great marriage and everything like that like we don't get dick pics oh really like ever it's always like my buddies at the gym sound sad about it (laughs) it's like come on it's like you're like guys like you're sending all the dick pics to the straight dudes that obviously don't want to see your dick (laughs) you know like yeah it's more of just like it's I, I just think it's funny because like as an openly gay man, um, like I don't get dick pics, but like my straight buddies at the gym are like, yo, like I keep getting dick pics from guys. I'm like, Sucks, like how man. do you stop that? And it's like, I don't get them you in the first place. Yeah. So I'm curious what their profile looks like. It's usually blank. It's usually blank. like a burner oh, yeah. profile. Ah, yeah. 
Okay. okay. Do you think a lot of people from decades ago were probably in the closet? And then, like, you kind of think of, like, I'm just going to use an example, and I have no idea whether this person's gay or not, but, like, someone like a Joe Weider or some of these different people that are, um, they always kind of acted differently, and nobody really knew how to pinpoint what they what? were doing or how they were acting. I mean, but look maybe at, look at Janae. Right. Janae right. Brock, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she came up and, you know, I mean, obviously amazing power lifter, you know, military marine, like just like the most hyper masculine dude in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it was like battling these demons, you know, of, of being a trans woman. And I think it's it's definitely like a societal shift that we're seeing that like I think people are more accepting and comfortable. But like especially like you talk about it because like you've been gay longer than I have. Yeah, I just felt like I think we were talking about it the other day too. It's like when I was in high school, like there was probably three gay people total in my whole entire school. What year was that for you, high school? I graduated in 2010. Okay, same with me. So like even like freshman year, like I didn't even like necessarily know what gay was, but Mm -hmm. I knew I was different. And I came out when I was 17, so I was going from my sophomore year into my junior year. But even just out of the whole school, I probably graduated. Just my class was like 230 people. So like times four, like. There was only three people. Yeah. And I was only gay men. Like, I didn't even know any, like, lesbians or just, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. But, like, now compared to today, like, he works at a high school and I'm like, he's like, yeah, like, we have, like, two or three trans students, like, a couple. Of, I'm like, what? Yeah. They're just, like, living their life. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, how are the other students towards them? He's like, they're just normalized. They just hang out and just do normal things. I'm like, mm. it just blows my mind compared to, like, when I was in high school. It was, like, taboo. You, like, just don't talk about it. I work in a very conservative area of Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Um, so to see that there are, you know, openly transgendered students and gay and lesbian, bisexual, like whatever they are, and they're just doing their thing. And it's like the trans students, like all the, like we have one student that is a, a female to male trans, um, trans student. And like, he's just one of the guys, like nobody thinks about it. Yeah. They like use his pronouns, call him by his name. Like, it's just like, Oh yeah, that's just, that's just him. Mm-hmm. Like and nobody, you know, like it's really cool to like see that happening, you know, yeah. in an area that is, you know, politically shifted one way, but to like see that the students are just like, no, like that's just them, like, and they don't even like think twice about it or question it. It's yeah. really cool to see that with like mm-hmm. you know this younger generation that we see. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting because it's like so many people, so many people will hear that and be like, oh, it's because these kids they're uh, they're being um. They're being exposed to so many things so young, but this is the thing. You were gay in high school, although you didn't know you were gay in high school. Um, You just knew you were different. Uh, If you had something that allowed you to kind of understand that or like you made a book, if you you had something that allowed you to understand what was going on, you would have been more comfortable with yourself when you were younger. Not more comfortable because it's not like you were uncomfortable, but you would have known. Right. I probably would have came out earlier. You would have came out earlier. Yeah. You know, and it's like a lot of individuals, a lot of kids, it's just like they're they're able to kind of understand different levels of what it means to like different levels of their sexuality. They're starting to understand it earlier so they can identify as whatever at a younger age because they they have a better understanding. Now, some people are going to hear that and be like, oh, no, that's horrible. But I mean, well, that's it just to that point, though. It's like, you know, everybody's going to be like, well, how do you know that they're gay when they're 12? It's like, well, how did you know you were straight when you were 12? You grew up and you're like, oh, that girl's pretty. I want to date her. Right. Mm -hmm. In a gay kid's mind, it's 
oh, that boy's cute. I want to date. It's the same thing, it's you like, know, like, and I, I really want, you, yeah. you just, you just know, Yeah. you know, it's not like, oh, well, like they might think differently. It's like, no. Yeah. Like once you think that way, does that confuse you a bit? Cause are you like, well, that kind of goes against like, like what norms. do you think like, uh, almost like, like, do you, they, they maybe have something wrong cause it's different than what you're exposed to around you or. Maybe you heard something different from your parents and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I mean, at least in my case, I thought like something was wrong, or it's like I never even like thought like even in TV, like there was nothing that I could relate to to be like, oh, like that person's like me. So I just automatically thought something was wrong, and I'm like, they're like, you need to be like this and kind of put you in a box. Like you have to get married, you have to get kids, you mm-hmm. have to be religious, and it just was nothing that I kind of related to. So it was just a struggle. I, what I think like a lot of people are fearing is like, oh, like in seems said, they're being exposed. So then it's like oh, this is another option. Maybe I'll try that route. But whether you were educated on like homosexuality or not, it wouldn't change what the outcome would have been regardless, Regardless. right? Yeah, it wouldn't matter. But I do see that happening where it's just like, oh, it's it's because they're being more exposed to it. They're deciding. Like no one decides to just, I'm going to make my life really difficult and go against everything that everybody else wants me to do. But even though that's like, What's so bad about trying it? I, you know, I, I can't answer that. I, mean, I, I mean, don't know. That's if, actually if, yeah. if some if like they're being exposed to it, they're like, oh, like maybe I'll give that a go. Like, okay, how many times have you tried something in your life? You're like, yeah, that wasn't for me. Or it's like, oh, maybe I'm into this, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's still nothing wrong with doing that. I tried being straight and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dennis Rodman. He said at some point he was like, I'm not gay, but I also never tried it. Yeah, something like that. Like mm-hmm. he, like I he mean, was kind of at least halfway open to mm-hmm. it. Louis C.K. has a bit where he says, "I'm not gay, but I've also never seen a dick I want to suck." <laughs> that <laughs> was like, a fucking good bit, dude. right? It like, was he's so like good. there might oh, be a day God. where I see a dick. I'm like, "Yep, I want that in my mouth." <laughs> like, <laughs> it just hasn't happened yet. It's like he just looks at her like, oh, <laughs> "That's the one. That's the that's one. The one. <laughs> that's it." I've been waiting. Oh, <laughs> I was watching the uh, movie uh, Dope Sick the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it, no. if you had an opportunity to see it. Uh, in the film, there's a, a girl that's a lesbian that still lives at home, and she's just like, I don't know, she's trying to like please her dad, so she works in the same like coal mine as him and all this kind of stuff, and he's you know, she's trying to get like his appreciation for different things. Um, she, uh, she's Yeah, she's lesbian, and she comes out, and she explains it to her doctor, who's like a family friend, because it's like the only person she feels she can kind of open up to. And then so the doctor uh, mentions it to the dad in kind of a sideways sort of way, just talking Mm -hmm. about gay people in general. And then there's a scene at the dinner table where the dad addresses it to her, and he's like, you know, I can't believe you're trying to talk through the doctor to me. Um, You know, if you've got something to say, you should say it. And he's like, this would be the worst, just so you know, this would be the, like, he's trying to ask her a question. Yeah. Yeah. But then he says, this would be the worst thing you could ever say to me. Like, so if you tell me that you're gay, he's like, I'd rather be dead. She's like, well, I guess you're dead. Yeah. And he, then he kind of blows up and he starts yelling at her and it's just, it's a really interesting thing because, I mean, she has no leverage. She's, she's a young kid. So that fucking sucks, you know, in every way possible. Um, From his side, he just doesn't understand. He just has a total misunderstanding. Like, I don't think anyone should ever treat their kid that way. I think most, in most cases, if someone treated their kid that way, when it came to anything else, most parents would be like, uh, 
that's that's not an acceptable way to treat your child. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes to certain things like this, I think that people think, oh man, I might react the same way. You know, if I found out my my son was gay, I would that would I would disown him. Really. That would be devastating. Like I want him yeah. to you know do X, Y, and Z, whatever things that you think he can't do because he all of a sudden tells you that he's gay. I think in people's mind it like changes. Like he can't be a world's strongest man. I can't be a football player. You can't be these things, right? Yeah. That's the problem. I think it's it's because again, like Joey touched on it earlier, it's like especially people that are, you know, of an older generation, right? Like they grow up seeing gay portrayed one way. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's portrayed as typically outgoing, feminine, flamboyant men. Right? That's typically all we see gay people as portrayed in media and really anywhere. So I think automatically when these people have this idea that, okay, well, my son's going to be gay, so he can't do this. Like, you know, he can't have a family, can't give me kids, like all that stuff. You already put him in a box. It's like, this is the only thing that you are. And I just think it's like, it doesn't change the person you are fundamentally, right? And at the end of the day, like, even like, this is something like we talk about, you know, especially you mentioned, like I had the book that came out and it's like, growing up, I never thought I was possible. Right? Like, you'd never seen a gay strength athlete, never really seen a gay athlete, right? Like, performing at a high level. So it's like you always see, you know, the football players with their wives or their girlfriends. And so it's like automatically, as a gay kid growing up, you're like, well, I guess I just can't do that Mm. because you don't see it. And I think that's one of the reasons, like, we have been so open and upfront about our relationship and our marriage and the amazing things that we do with our life because we're just trying to show everybody. And I hate using this word, but I don't think there's any better way to describe it. We're like just normalizing our relationship to everybody Mm -hmm. to show them like what you said earlier is like, it's just love. (laughs) We're we're just a married couple doing what we want with our lives. And it's, you know, I think people just misconstrued it in so many different ways. Yeah. You know, the, the, Especially nowadays, um, you see a lot of people getting angry at uh, the idea of representation, right? You see it especially with the, with Marvel stuff. Yeah, like um, there's this new uh, this hero Kamala Khan. I forgot what who she's going to be, but it's this uh, she's Miss like, Marvel, Miss yeah. Marvel, right? And you see the comments of that movie of like, oh, another uh, representation movie, blah blah blah. But people don't understand how important it is for other groups to see themselves portrayed in a positive light on screen. Like Black Panther was a big fucking deal. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Because black kids never had some type of superhero to look up at. You got Batman, you got Superman, you got Spider-Man. Like these are names rattled off. It's all white dudes. And it's not a problem because I dig them and they're cool. But at the end of the day, it's like you don't see yourself there. There's a level that you don't, you don't relate to that. Right. So when you can have something that like a positive representation of a gay couple in any kind of sense, it's like, Oh, that's fucking sick. You know, because an individual can relate. And I think that's one people, one thing, a lot of people that they see themselves in media so much, they don't realize how cool that is for them because that's normal for them. Well, I think like yeah. to Joey specifically, like Joey played soccer growing up, you know, and just recently we have a couple of openly gay soccer players now. And I just think like how much that would have changed for you. Like me, yeah. 
I mean, I kind of was like not forced to play, but like I wanted to. Like my dad put me in hockey, put me in soccer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do figure skating. And he's like, <laughs> "Well, you're gonna do hockey first because I had like all female cousins around the same age, and I'm like, I want to do what they're doing. Like, I want the white skates. I don't want the black ones. <laughs> it's like you're gonna get the black ones. But I played soccer like from when I was five years old, and like. Yeah. All the way up until college. So it's Man, like, my son keeps his cleats so clean. <laughs> <laughs> his bag is so tidy. It's weird. But no. Oh, man. What uh, happened for you when you uh, came out? Did you, did you tell your parents when you were Oh, wow. That so my story is different than his. Very like, different. He had like, yeah. more of a positive vibe. So I came out to my mom and like all my like immediate family. Can you talk about your coming out story to your mom, though? Because I think it's just the greatest thing. I mean, it's not that great, but like we were arguing. <laughs> just like a heated battle and like at the end I was like is it because I'm gay and that's how I came out to her and she was like well I already knew and I'm like why didn't you say anything to me I was like it would have been so much easier and she's like I didn't know how to tell you and I'm like well I didn't know how to tell you either as I'm blatantly yelling at you how old were you at this point I was six uh, 17 she knew how long did she say she knew like how long did she know Oh, she said like she knew when I was a kid like I used to wear her dresses and wear her heels and she would like come I'd be at my grandma's and I'd be wearing them and she's like what are you doing and I'm like just playing dress up yeah <laughs> nothing is normal <laughs> but then like I told so I told everyone in high school oh, when man. I was 17 but I didn't tell my dad until I was 21 mm-hmm. in college and that didn't go like that was probably my worst nightmare like, was that probably really hard for your dad on multiple levels like maybe he's old school but secondarily just the fact that you and your mom you know already shared this moment or was it my more- parents were divorced so, like, oh, okay, I okay. grew up as a single child just with her like I saw him every so often but it was still hard to like tell him and I told everyone else like on my mm-hmm. dad's side of the family just because it was obviously easier it's like your dad you don't want to like disappoint him but then I told him, and how I told him, I probably could have done it a little better, but I had a boyfriend at the time, and I was like, oh, like I want to bring them home for Christmas. So I was like talking to him on the phone, yeah, and I was like, oh, would it be okay like if I brought my boyfriend? Because I thought it would be easier to say than having this whole drawn out, like, dad, I'm gay, like, what do you think? Like, just going on down that road. Mm-hmm. And I said it, and he's, he just was like, no. And I was like, okay, like, why? And he's like, I... I just need time to process this. Like, I don't want everyone coming home. Like, I don't want him coming to the family event and like everyone knowing. And like, at this point, he didn't know that everyone else knew. Mm. So like, he was probably already mad at that. But then after that conversation, like I got heated, he got heated and we didn't speak for like 10 years. We recently just started like communicating like this past year. And like, he has a whole new, like a whole other side of his family. Like he's married, like he has a son and he's, he's my half brother, but he's, a freshman in high school so like we have a huge age gap difference mm-hmm. and he like started coming back into my life and trying to be like oh we're like this perfect happy family and i'm like well you just can't negate these past 10 years of like you just kind of like casting me off pushing me to the side and like now we're not a whole happy family so mm-hmm. but i mean we're building on it but my story is a lot different than his and my dad's like a super catholic like religious person and like i was the only like male in my family that had my last name so it was like He's like, how are you going to carry on our last name? And I'm like, well, that's not really my, I don't think that's significant. Like he maybe go to CCD, he maybe get my confirmation. It's all this religious stuff that was like kind of forced on me. And I just knew at a very, very early age at that, that I was like, this is not for me. Like none of what they're saying in this book is relating to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it was totally different than his. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Mine was great. 
Like your parents and everyone was like cool and accepting. Yeah, I. Um, yeah. So I, I, I alluded to the fact that like I had a straight phase. So I actually dated like a girl for a year and a half before Joey and I started dating. Mm. dating. And um, I, we were dating for about six weeks. Or maybe yeah. four weeks before I came out like to my mom and my dad and everybody. My parents were also divorced. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go talk to my mom first. Like she had a lesbian sister. So I kind of knew that that was going to go okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I go, I sit down. I was like, mom, you know, like I have some news. Shit you not. The first thing she said was, who's pregnant? I was like, well, <laughs> about that. quite the opposite. I'm gay. She goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> that quick yeah Sick. yeah it was great and um so then she wanted to see pictures of joey because mm-hmm. i was like yeah i'm actually like seeing somebody and all that so that was really good my dad i was a little bit more nervous about um because he's like an irish catholic guy from brooklyn new york ooh, ooh, right ooh. so i was like okay this could be tough like he loves sean hannity and fox news like <laughs> this is gonna be cool so I remember I was like, we were going out to lunch and like, I'm sitting in the front seat of his truck with him and we're at, we're at this stoplight. And I was like, I just have to do it now in retrospect, not the best idea to tell him while he's driving. Um, but so I look over, I was like, dad, I have something to tell you. He's like, what's up? I was like, I'm gay. I'm like crying at this point and everything. And he looks at me, he goes, can I still say gay jokes? Yeah. I was like, that's what you're concerned about. Don't take my jokes away. He was like, well, he was like, like, are you, are you happy? Like, are things good? And I was like, yeah, like I have a boyfriend now. He's like, all right, cool. And that was that. Cool. And then, you know, a couple weeks later I came out publicly and that's you know, our life story. just <laughs> became insane. You know, I, I have a question about that, man. Like I was raised Christian and I, I do a lot of thinking about the religion I was raised with now. I'm learning about other religions too. So I'm just trying to learn a few things, but it's interesting because that like, I know a lot, obviously like I grew up with a lot of people from that faith um, and individuals. It, it's so weird where fundamentally being homosexual is like wrong. Mm-hmm. It's so, so when, uh, it, it, I'm really curious about like how your father dealt with that through the years or what you have had communication with him, because it's like people have been tr- like tried having their kids go to conversion therapy and yeah. all this type of shit. Wild. Because quite literally within that religion, this is wrong. People will pray for their kids they and like pr- try to pray it away mm-hmm. as if it's like yeah. a demon or because they truly believe that their children yeah. are going to hell. Right. That's why, like, uh, over the years, I've been like, mm, I need to rethink a lot of things with, <laughs> with Christian. I, I mean, truly, I, I really do, because there are good aspects, but there are aspects like that where you cannot reconcile because yeah. an individual, this is just this is their reality. Yeah. And one thing I think that's a whole is like individuals who are of that religion, literally, they think that their, their sexuality is the right sexuality because it allows for procreation and all this other stuff but they can't even fathom the idea that someone being gay is okay didn't mean to rhyme that but (laughs) um but that's that that's one thing that's really kind of unfortunate because they can't put themselves in your shoes because they feel that if they put themselves in your shoes you are now a sinner and you're wrong and if anything they need to save you and it's like no you you know you, you can't really even Someone who's that strong with that faith, you can't convince them that it's what they're thinking is wrong or that what you're doing is right. So with your father and like yeah. with anyone in your family who's Christian, how 
Have you guys been able to have those conversations? I think with my dad, like he, he say he's Irish Catholic, not, not really practicing. He's more spiritual. Mm. So he's like – he's actually an alcoholic. Um, okay. He's been sober for 11 years. Nice. Um, so he's found more spirituality, which I think is honestly the best thing for his and my relationship because mm-hmm. he looks at it as not from you know the – religious standpoint, just more of like spirituality and overall wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's what's kind of helped him. And also, like I said, like my aunt was a lesbian. She unfortunately passed away. But like when my parents were married, like she was a part of the family and a part of the life, a part of their life and stuff like that. So like he was exposed to LGBTQ community and like grew up in Brooklyn, New York, worked in Manhattan. Like there's a lot of gay people there. So um, I don't think it was too difficult for him your Mine, family yeah because at least you had like your aunt like who exposed them to like someone that was queer like i wasn't the first queer person in my immediate family mm. so like they had no idea but like i would say my dad's more spiritual now than he was back then but even like my aunts and uncles like for example like i have a cousin that's about to get baptized and like they're doing it at a super portuguese church that's super catholic and I, they wanted me to be the godfather. So like, oh, like you have to do this many classes. Like, do you donate to the church? Do you, like how many times do you go? And like, you have to fill out this whole like packet for them to even like approve it. And she wants, she, one of my aunts wanted me to like lie that I was like married to a man. And I'm like, do you see the issue with this? Because you wouldn't ask one of my other cousins to do the same exact thing. You're, Wait, lie that you're married <clears throat> to a man or married? To, like, so she wanted you to say that you were married to a woman. Is that yeah. what you wanted? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, but even that they have to ask those kind of questions, even to just like get a baby baptized. Like, hey. so that's stuff I kind of struggle with. So I don't really know how to like talk to them without, I don't know necessarily bring it into a good light because they're just, I would just say, stubborn. Yeah. So I'm still kind of like working on that. Like they kind of tiptoe around it with it's me. It's got to be difficult to not get mad, right? When somebody doesn't understand, when someone is so like misunderstanding. That yeah. it sounds like just flat out rude or sounds like anti, but maybe they literally just, maybe like you said, they haven't really been exposed to it. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I think I'm not trying to make of, excuses, but I'm just thinking It's like, just lack of education. Yeah. And it's like, I, I do get mad because it's kind of like, you're your own person. Like, you know how to read. Like, you, you can look at resources to kind of see this. It's like, it's not up to me to educate you. Like, yeah. Personal I'll, responsibility. Yeah. Like, yep. I'll teach you like whatever you ask me, I'll answer. But like, it's not my job to educate you on this. I think where the issue lies is too, is when you have to have those conversations multiple times, because mm. then it's apparent that they are not trying to change yeah. their view. Mm. Um, and that's, I think that's where it's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm, I'm just going to like, <laughs> I don't need you or I'm just going to get pissed at this point. Right. Uh huh. You know, it's a, uh, it's somewhat, it's not funny. It's kind of funny to me. <laughs> When you're talking, when, you, <laughs> when you're saying a lot of these phrases, um, yeah, you remember when the whole George Floyd thing happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happened, you know, the amount of DMs I got from like concerned white friends that are like, "There's anything I can do?" Oh no, uh, no, 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 it's fine. But this <laughs> thing, it was all love. Okay. It was all, it was all love. It was all love. Mm-hmm. But the amount of questions I started getting from white people, right? Be- mm. And the thing is, I I actually didn't have a problem with it because certain people were just actually curious of. Mm. What is it like to go through the world being black? Well, like yeah. I said, it's all about the intention of the question. Yeah, yeah. And I had I had a friend of mine who's like, man, I'm so tired of having to explain shit to white people. <laughs> <laughs> and for all of our listeners on this podcast that are white, I love y'all. I love I I, I, ain't, I ain't blaming you guys at all. I'm just letting you, I'm just saying like this is just shit that we we talked about. All right. So hey, no hate. I love you. Got questions? Hit the brother up. Hit me up. Um, 
<laughs> but but it's like he was saying the same thing. He's like, I'm having the same conversation over and over. But at the end of the day, if there's someone that's coming to you and they've lived a different experience, they have no idea what it's like to be in your shoes. And if they're coming to you with questions as frustrating as it can be because you're answering the same fucking questions, it is fruitful to give them an inside scoop on the experience so that yeah. they can understand this is what it's like. It's very different from your experience, but hey, we're still fucking humans. We 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 go through the world with different goggles, but we still are human beings. Yeah. So it's like I it's just funny cuz like we <laughs> it's the same shit. It's very fucking similar. Marginalized groups, man. Yeah. Not <laughs> any difference between us. <laughs> and there're going to be some people that hear the the idea of marginalized groups and they're rolling their eyes right now probably yeah. cuz a lot of people do. But understand it's like um, when you are a smaller percentage of the population, there are you you you're you're grouped into a smaller group of people that you're typically going to chill with, right? Yeah. So it, it's like it, it's not a it's not a problem being a marginalized group or a minority group, but it's just like it is a different experience, yeah. and we're people are getting an education on a lot of those different experiences. For sure. Do you think homosexuality is looked at differently in your community versus? Oh, oh, oh. Why'd you fucking have to do that? <laughs> Here's well, Pandora's box. Yeah. Would you like to open up? <laughs> um, so I'm Nigerian. Uh, so my mom's an immigrant. Um, so definitely in the African community, uh, it's, it's it's not common. You you probably still have a lot of people within the African community uh, that just are not my cousin my cousin who actually he he died a few years ago but his dad would never first off he never came out to his dad uh because like his dad just continued to be very stubborn and be like oh that's not true that's not true yeah. even though he's he's said it multiple times deny, yeah. um and just purely deny it we all knew but like he was he went he was going through a lot of mental turmoil because he like his family or some of his family just wasn't accepting of that. Right. Um, and I think the African community and, and the black community, black community more so in America is, is I think they're, they're more accepting of it now, but there's still aspects of that, that within the community are, it's, it's still a little bit behind. Um, my mom specifically, like she, she does a lot of hair now. So she has a lot of clients that are gay. She's never been, She's never been an, an individual who's been like, there's something wrong with these people. Because yeah. there are a lot of people who will say that there's something wrong with these people. One of my uncles, I was having a conversation with him when I was younger, and we were kind of talking about this. And he was very, very firm on it's wrong to be gay. And I was like, well, we have to love everyone, right, uncle? Like, it's it's our job as Christians to love everyone. He's like, yeah. So, so I was like... Well, okay, uh, if, if you knew somebody was gay, would you be friends with them? He said, yeah. And then I said, would you invite them home to have dinner? He's like, no, I wouldn't want them to really be around my kids. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <Interesting. laughs> That's confusing. <Yeah. laughs> but you'd be friends with them. So yeah, I just wouldn't invite them to my home to have dinner with my kids, right? And, oh, yo, 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 this is, this, is, uh, this is one thing that I was like, hmm. I was watching a video the other day. It was from this creator. I forgot his name. Uh, something Omanala. He did a. He went into the Grand Dragon of the KKK and he trolled the dude. Yes, so you saw, saw that, that video. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he 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 acted like he was from the BBC and it has like twenty five million views, man. So you guys should watch. Blew it. Blew up. <clears throat> Fucking blew up. And the Grand Dragon, literally, the uh, this guy was asking him questions and he asked him, "Well, uh, would I be able to?" 
come to your house for dinner as, as a black guy? He's like, no. <laughs> it's like, just, just no, I, I like keeping things separate. You wouldn't be able to come to my house. So the thing is I'm getting at here. It's like, it's kind of unfortunate, especially for individuals who are Christian, who believe they're doing a righteous thing and believing in this word, that's righteous. Uh, to say that you wouldn't invite an individual to have dinner if they were a friend because of their sexual orientation. Mm, yeah. That is a very, very tough thing to try to, to rationalize. Yeah, I think in the mind that, that doesn't, if, if it's all love, it doesn't compute. It doesn't compute for no. me. Right. So to answer your question, yes, I do think, especially within the African community, there's, there's like still a bit of a, I guess it is a denial of the existence of gay individuals and that actually being okay, but more people than in the past are open to it or accepting of it. Well, that was like the, the first year I went to World's Strongest Man was 2017 and we were in Botswana. Mm. Now, typically World's Strongest Man invites come out like you get an email. It's like, congratulations, like, you know, and all this stuff. Um, my invite came from a phone call from the lawyers at IMG. And they said, hey, so we want you to be at Worlds this year. I was like, that's sick. They're like, but it's in Botswana. I was like, okay, where's that? <laughs> First question. First question. Um, and they're like, well, it's in Africa. And um, so homosexuality is illegal there. Yeah, yeah. In I was Africa. Like, it's, okay. So what does that mean? <laughs> they're like, well, like. We, we looked at the laws and it's pretty vague. It just says you can only be persecuted if you're found performing an unnatural <laughs> act. That's what the law said. I was like, okay. And they were like, so we understand if you don't want to come, uh, we'll save your invite for next year. Uh, but we do advise you don't bring your partner. <laughs> so Joey and I had a long, 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 long talk about this. And ultimately, yeah. we kind of decided, like, it's the first year going to World's Strongest Man. Like, this is kind of a really big FU moment yeah. to have an openly gay man competing in a country where it's illegal for me to exist. So I went. Um, and shit you not, two weeks before I left, two guys were thrown in prison for seven years for holding hands in public. Jeez. Yeah. 2019, I believe it was, Botswana got made. Legalized. Yeah, homosexuality is no longer illegal. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – it was wild. The open violence for the gay people in other countries is pretty, like, pretty crazy. The, the even though the United States, like, people are still like, it's. I guess there are a lot of things that we're need, we need to be better at in this country. Mm-hmm. Even so, this country for any minority group is the best place to be. It is in the world. Yeah, in the fucking world, like it's the best place to be. Um, this is an aside. Uh, have you guys ever seen? The eat the poo poo video. No. <laughs> All right, Andrew. <laughs> Do I want it? Yeah, yeah like, just. <laughs> have you seen this video? No, I have not. Yeah. Eat the, okay. Eat the poo poo African. Is it like p o p o p o o p o o? So the actual poo poo. God, this this video, man. This was a hardcore meme when we were like, it was. It. it you, you see an African dude like kind of. Well, I'll just let you pick. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Wait. Wait. Um. Oh, it's a poo-poo song? Oh, no, it's not a song. It's not a song. Eat, I mean, poo-poo. this one keeps coming up. That would be oh, good. Oh, God, God. Go up, Andrew. Go up, Andrew. Okay. Um, Eat, Eat the, the poo-poo, poo-poo meme? Auto-tune maybe? remix. All right, try wow. to, like, okay, if you this can, thing, huh? on your side, just try to find the original <laughs> okay. video. I got you. Now, when we were talking about that, when you, when you mentioned it was illegal, there's this, there's this African guy who, I don't, I think it was Ghana or something, and this video, you'll see it, but he's like, uh, President Obama, like, cause he, I think, I don't know if it was Obama who had it legalized, gay yes. marriage. Yeah. 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 
So this African guy is like, in the United States, these gay people, they eat the poo-poo. And it is, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so wild how like, it, it, it's a hilarious video, but people actually believe certain things like, yeah, like just wild things. about. For those of you that believe that, I don't eat poo-poo. <laughs> I don't either. No. God, I'm just putting it out there. Man, I wish, I hope you find it's that not, video, Andrew. Not a thing. It's got to be this And one, when you right? do, let's pull it up. Yeah, I mean, it, for, you said Uganda or Uganda? Yes, you got. Oh yeah, please play this. Oh, you you want sound too? Yeah, I want sound. Are you man. sure? Oh, I, we're I think we're going to be okay. Experience, dog. This is a hilarious video. To make sure that sodomy and homosexuality <laughs> never sees the light of legality in this land of the pearl of Africa. I've taken time to do a little research to know what homosexuals do in the privacy of their bedroom. One of the things they do is called anal leaking. <laughs> they, a, a man's anus is leaked like this by the other person, like ice cream. And then what happens, even poo-poo comes out. The other one poo-poo's out, huh? and then they eat the poo-poo. The, the other one they the do guy's taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Stay easy. Where they insert their hand into the other man's hand, and it goes all the, into the anus all the way. And it is so painful, they have to take drugs, but they enjoy what the it. Fuck, dude? Now, <laughs> he's like way in the he did like, a lot of research i know i was gonna say he was like <laughs> getting really that research he's like it looks like this you pull this cheek apart you pull that <laughs> cheek apart i watched it not from many experience. Times. and he's yeah. like don't just stick your tongue you got your whole face oh, in there he's like, <laughs> at the end of this video at the end of that video he says something and all the people in the room scream like ah it's just oh. <laughs> they run out of the room in horror <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I wonder what that guy wrote down. That's kind of the game there. Yeah. Like, what notes are you That taking? guy thought that was really noteworthy. He's like, I better write this down. Oh, my God. That video is too funny. Anyway, Damn. now you know the eat the poo-poo Eat meme. the poo-poo. Eat the poo-poo. Damn. Meme. Forever. Yeah. No, I got to check out all the remixes now. I know. That's, like, there's <laughs> so a lot. Yeah. You said something interesting earlier when you said, you've been gay longer than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know, for, for, for a straight guy, like, throws you off a bit. So, like, <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Um, so I, I just said like, so I'm, I'm a late bloomer, right? Yeah. Like I didn't come out till I was 22 years old, lived a very heteronormative life for majority, like all of my younger years, right through high school and college and everything like that. And, um, you know, it just, um, I had suppressed like those feelings mm. for a really long time. I grew up thinking that I needed to have a wife and kids and that like white picket fence life. And that's pretty much all I had focused on. I mean, I say that, but I also like looking back, um, like I never had girlfriends growing up. Mm. Like I always kind of think of myself as like almost as an asexual kid. Um, like in high school, I was unbelievably involved. I was a football player. I was a cheerleader, um, obviously lifting weights. I was class president, had a band, like I did, did a lot of things. And I was never one of those guys that was like, oh yeah, like I need to be in a relationship or have a significant other. And that was never like a thought of mine. Mm -hmm. And that it kind of carried through, through college, um, you know, and then, you know, met a girl and decided to get in a relationship and realized it wasn't for me. But I also think like, it was really important for me to have that because when I came out, like I ended that relationship because I was finally dealing with what was in the back of my mind for so many years, you know, like I'm in a relationship with a girl, but like jerking off to gay porn. Right. I'm like, this, this isn't right. Right. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. but like, I didn't want to 
accept myself for the reality of what my life was going to be. And, you know, I just kind of had, I don't know why or, or what caused it, but like I had this moment one day when I woke up, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Like it's exhausting. It's exhausting to like wake up every day and like have to pretend to be somebody you're not. Right. Like imagine you going through life every single day and you have to think about how you're going to interact with your friends because you don't want to say the wrong thing or like lead them in a certain way. Um, How you walk, how, you know, just like thinking, like cognitively thinking about every single action you perform that day. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fucking tiring. And like, I just got to a point where I was like, I'm, I just can't do this anymore. Um, Ended that relationship to kind of like, explore my sexuality and like kind of I say it was like this journey of like self-realization right like finally like bring to light all of these thoughts that I put in such a dark place for so long um and you know I was just really fortunate that not long after I met him and like that honestly helped me so much because like we met and like we first started dating I was like oh shit like this is what it really means to be happy because I had never felt that mm-hmm like I had never been able to just like let my guard down and be myself and like, you know, let people in to see the real me. And like once I was able to do this, I was like, oh, fuck, this, this is this is amazing. It's like you don't want to like, go back. No. Like, oh, like, this is what it it's was, like. Yeah. It was like my entire life just opened up. I know you're enjoying this clip, but listen up. We have this beef company, Piedmontese Beef, that no matter what diet you're doing, whether it's low-fat, high-fat, carnivore, keto, whatever, they have perfect cuts that are going to fit your diet perfectly. And the cool thing, Andrew. Mm-hmm less connective tissue so you're not going to have those grisly nasty things that you have to spit out when you eat beef that's what those are that's what those are oh and piedmontese doesn't have that they don't have that because the cows are jacked lack of connective mm-hmm. tissue buttery when you cut into it amazing taste so andrew how can they get some piedmontese yes sir it's over at piedmontese.com that's p-i-e-d-m-o-n-t-e-s-e.com at checkout enter promo code power for 25 percent off your order and if your order is 150 or more you get free two-day shipping again that's at piedmontese.com promo code power Let's go ahead and get back to this podcast. Now, I know you just mentioned, you mentioned like having to cognitively think about the actions you take and the way you interact with other people. Do you feel that you still do that to an extent? Like both of you guys, do you feel that there's a level that you still do that? Because like if, if I'm being real, like there are things that I do because like, especially when I go and meet new people, I'm very aware of the way I look. I'm 6'2", 250 and black. <laughs> and when I don't smile, I look like I'm menacing. Mm. So I make sure that I'm, you know, I'm, I, I smile. Like with some people, I'll make my voice a little bit higher and a little bit softer so they feel a little bit more comfortable around me. What was the face me? you made? Like when you like, are like, uh, letting somebody go or whatever? What, letting remember? somebody go? What do you mean? I don't know. You made that face. You were like that little like. Oh, the. The little. Wi- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. That's, I know. Like, <laughs> that's the little wave to the uh, old white guy that he walks past right yeah, the yeah. old guy who's kind of like you know <laughs> don't worry like, sorry, i won't hurt you <laughs> like, yeah. no seriously like there are certain things i do so individuals aren't threatened by me because i'm very aware of the way i look now for you for you guys do you do you still navigate in a different type of way do you i know maybe not to the level you used to but is there still some of that or no I for do. me no for him yes for me i'm just like fuck it this is me. You're going to get it. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's, that's also the mentality I had when I came out. Right. Cause I'm like 22 in grad school and I just had this like, fuck you mentality where I'm like, well, if you don't like me, I don't need you. Mm. Right. And, that, well, and that you're a it. big dude. So it kind of helps. Yeah. That does <laughs> help. Yeah. yeah. 
You, look, on the other hand. Well, for me, like once I start talking, it's like glitter is just shooting out of my mouth. So I can't really like hide that. But it's like when I go to different like groups of people, like <laughs> that's a very talented special effect you have there. But it's like you're saying, like you soften your voice. Like I try to like deepen my voice, but it doesn't really work that well. But it's like when I hang out with more of like my straight guy friends or like all my girlfriends that like their boyfriends or husbands or whatever, like. I do kind of act more like not myself. Like I kind of contain myself more than mm-hmm. if I was just with them. Like I'm way well, more gay. Yeah. That's the thing is like he, you know, like even just like to come on this podcast, he had anxiety about like, like are the things I can't say? Like, how should I talk? Like, how can I act? Like all of a sudden, like, no, they really don't. Fucking care. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> we're popping his cherry here. Today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. This is Joey's first podcast. You're great for podcasts too, okay, by the way, thank man. You, I'll you're, take you're, it. You're, you're fucking awesome. So, yeah, good shit. Be and, gay, babe. Yeah. Be gay. Well, it's kind of like I'm still like working through even now, like I'm 30 and it's like all that stuff I had to deal with when I was younger is like you don't be who you are because no one likes that. So it's like still now I'm trying to like, okay, like I can be my be myself and it's like he's saying, like you just need to not give a fuck and just do it and let them mm-hmm. deal with the consequence of how you, they react. Uh, mentioned earlier someone like Janae like uh, having demons to battle. Is that the way that maybe both of you guys have felt in the past and do you still feel that way to some extent? I don't necessarily feel that way any anymore um, because like I said, it's like I understand what it means to be happy and experience like real love. Right. And after faking it for so long and now knowing what it really feels like, um, you know, I just want to live in that space. Like I don't want anything to get in the way of that. Um, so for me, it's yeah. like I, I dealt with it for a long time, but I also just have this, kind of weird inability to just like say, okay, it's over. It's done. Get out of here. And I don't think about it anymore. Mm. Right. And I think that's a strength of mine. He's a little bit more analytical. Yeah. Like for me, it's like, that's kind of why I like stayed like playing sports. Even when I was like younger, like I didn't want to play them, but like it was one way to like be masculine and like even working out now, like that's why I love like lifting weights. Cause it makes me more, ma- I don't want to say more masculine, but it just like, brings me to that line instead of being so feminine because that's just naturally how I am. And it's like, I would say more internal like demons like with myself, like not with like other people. Yeah. But why is being gay like intertwined sometimes with being more feminine? Do you think like just because it's not like portrayed as that, but like when you think of it, it's like always femininity and just like being super queer. It's like you're dainty and little and like you want to be skinny. It's like, that's why I like working out because it's like, I just want to be different. Like I like being, I like being sought out because I I'm big, I lift weights, but then it's like, when you see me and I don't talk, it's like, oh, like, it's a straight dude over there, like, okay. But then I, when I open my mouth, and they're like, oh, okay, hey, what's he up? Not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, honestly, with how it's, with how being gay has been portrayed in TV shows, like, when I look back at old TV shows, like, Will and Grace, or any TV show where you saw a gay dude, he was always like, he always had his voice high, and he, he was always yeah, doing the hand movements, and hand it's like, movement. yeah, exactly. And that's what you automatically think of when you think of someone who's gay. Well, and that's like for me, it's like I present very masculine, right? Like I'm a 285 pound strong man with a mohawk, and um, when when I tell people when I say like, oh, I'm gay, or like people see a ring on my finger and they'll say like, oh, you're married, like what's your wife's name? And I'll be like, oh, well, like I'm gay, like my husband's name is Joey. They're like, oh, you don't look gay. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, sorry, I don't have my rainbow mohawk today. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, like that's that's been like one of our really big goals is like making people realize like gay doesn't look one way, mm-hmm. right? Like, but you can be both. It's like you're on that spectrum of like 
you're masculine and you're feminine. And it's just about kind of like meshing between the two. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, you're not yeah. just super gay and feminine all the time. It's like you're still masculine even though you're femme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Still have my feminine. Like we watch RuPaul's Drag Race and I wish I was up there on the catwalk and he was like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, even though I was before. told by a drag, this is like one moment in my life. Oh my God, you really never live this down. No, it pisses me off. <laughs> so we were at a drag show uh-huh. and one of our friends, she was performing and she comes up to us and she comes up to us. She's like, oh my God, you're gorgeous. We should get you in drag. You have such an amazing body. All this stuff like hyping him up hard without a beat turns to me, goes, You'd make a very awkward woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. You're like, bullshit. Like, oh, yeah, I might have like football pads for shoulders, but we could make it work. Oh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to forget that. Or That one you. stung. Oh, yeah. it really did. It's like, come on. Yeah, that hurt. Especially just because, like, she was hyping him up so much. And, like, obviously, he's beautiful. He would look great as a woman. I don't necessarily agree if I'd look good as a woman, but, like, (laughs) (laughs) I could walk in heels, but everything else about that. But, yeah, yeah, just, like, the the quick wit and how she turned around and just came out that I was like, fuck, that stings. Joey, you're training for a strongman competition coming up soon, right? Yeah, July 23rd. And you've competed before in strongman? Yeah, so I've done a couple of shows, and I've done mostly novice. So now I'm, like, doing an open class. So Mm -hmm. 175, so actually sit at like 190 so i have to cut it's got a little water cut coming yeah. up do you guys train together or is like that and it doesn't work well we do for yeah. the most part yeah we're um we try to train to it together as much as possible like it's really cool to be able to like share that time together like we both work full-time jobs and if we weren't training together we'd see each other for about 30 minutes a day right Whoa. so it's nice yeah, to be able to schedule yeah so it's nice to be able to like go to the gym with each other, spend some time. And it's like also support each other, right? Like I'm training for world's strongest man, but like I also put as much emphasis in his training, getting ready for his contest, you know? And like, he's very modest when he talks about himself in strongman. Like he's done like four shows and he's always been on the podium. Oh shit. So like he's, he's good. Um, and you know, so it's just, it's exciting for me now too. It's like, you know, I'm at world's strongest man this week. And then like the folks is going to switch to his prep, you know, for his show. And that's, where we're going to put a lot of energy. And it's like, it's exciting to be able to like share that, you know, share a sport like this with, with you, with your partner. What made you, I mean, other, like, was it like that he did strongman that had you interested in it? Or were, was there something else that you're like, I want to do this? Well, even before I met him, like I played sports in college, but yeah. like, I never did like the lifting portion is more so because I was timid to like even go in there and be like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like all these people are going to look at me because it's mm-hmm. all these like hyper masculine dudes in there. So I'm yeah. like, I already look like an idiot, so I'm not going to do it. But then when I met him, it, that's, he, he taught me how to lift. Like he taught me all the form and technique. So I kind of gained my confidence from that. And just being more like, cause I'm just, I'm a feminine guy. So doing strongman kind of helps lean me into that masculine side that I always wanted to like kind of have, but just mm. never really knew how to do it. Yeah. He's also really annoyingly athletic. <laughs> like mobility and shit too. Oh, and just like he's strong. The yeah. first time he ever did Atlas stones, he loaded a two seventy five stone. What? Yeah, I just first time he ever did a barbell snatch. I'm a visual yeah, person. Five. Whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, first like time, that's not normal. First time you ever did a barbell snatch, you did two oh five. Yeah, full squat overhead. Like, oh, you're feeling some type of way. Yeah, no, because I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> I just, like, blow out my shoulders and my yeah, hips no, and everything it, else. Yeah, it was like everybody was like the. How, what like it just yeah that's crazy so i mean yeah. honestly like you being an athlete has helped with that because even when you're in the gym like the way you move you have good range of motion different joints and stuff yeah i have good mobility too yeah that's like, crazy well i think that's from like track like i did hurdles so i did 110 and i did 400 hurdles so like i always worked on mobility in my hips so yeah. like 
that just like kind of carried through until now. That's what do you guys saying. fight about that might be different, and what do you fight about that might be the same as regular couples? Ooh. You were talking about like you you talked a lot about uh, going to that event uh, where homosexuality is illegal or the the world's strongest man competition, and you guys had a long discussion. Do you guys like? Do you even argue? Like, do you feel any particular different way about being gay than he does, perhaps? And do you kind of butt heads, or do you guys feel similar enough in those areas, that kind of stuff? I think for me, it's like I'm I'm really confident in being a gay man, right? And, like, I want to walk down the street and hold his hand, and I want to be able to, like, show off that this guy's my husband. Um, And I think, like, that took a lot – it took him a lot of getting used to. Right. And I was out before him, so it's kind of so that's like, very normal for couples to yeah that one yeah. Pup, one person in a couple more touchy feely yeah yeah um but I think like we just have regular stupid fucking arguments <laughs> yeah like my pet peeve is when I have to like say something more than once to him especially like when he's like five feet away and I'm like looking at him and I'm like I say something he's like what what and I'm like oh my fucking god. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty that's that's a normal occurrence every he's like week. you're mumbling i'm like you're literally looking at me just read my lips if you can't hear me <laughs> i i have a question i know we talked about this in the last podcast but you mentioned that the strongman community has actually been pretty cool yeah. like with, with the, how how's your been experience also been with like the strongman community going into it competing mm-hmm. has it pretty much all been positive yeah for the most part i don't that's even good. think like negative wise I've had any experiences but I would also kind of lean that towards him like people obviously know who I am so it's kind of like preface mm. that like they're not that they're going to be nice to me but they already know who I am so gotcha. it's like they well, already they also know, know of if me. they're going to be mean to him they have to deal with me <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't want to do that no no yeah. uh, and also I mean we brought it up earlier in the podcast but the book that you came out with I don't know strong if, yeah strong yeah no how long ago was it but what spurred you to make a book and it's it's kind of like an autobiography book yeah so it's a children's picture book but it's also an autobiography um so i was actually i had broken the log press record the american log press record in april of 2019 um and the story was getting some traction it was pretty cool and i was contacted by an author who had this idea to write a children's picture book and um i it was never really a thought of mine you know, but after looking up, um, Eric Rosswood is the other author, and he had some books published already in the LGBTQ space, mainly about um, parenting. Um, and I was like, okay, like he's a dad, you know, and already an author. Like this could be really cool. So we got on the phone and we started talking, and it really became uh, just this amazing collaborative process. It took three years to get the book to come out, yeah. but you know, I think when going through the story. A lot of it was like, first off, like we don't – part of the angle is like we don't get to see like real-life superheroes, especially as LGBTQ people. So for for this book to be about somebody that is alive and still achieving these amazing things was a really cool angle. Um, another thing that came up early in our conversation though was we didn't want this story to be a coming-out story. It's a part of my story. But we didn't want it to be the main focus, right? So like when you read the book, like Joey coming into my life is very casually mentioned. It's not like the – it's not the pinnacle of the story. Um, What the story really is about when you boil it down is like once you accept yourself for who you are, you can achieve whatever you want in life. You don't have any more barriers holding you back. Mm -hmm. And um, we really wanted this just all-inclusive message um, that kind of spans – 
sexuality and age, right? Like the amount of times I've heard like parents read this story, they're like, I've learned something about myself from reading this book. Um, it's really, really cool to see. And, and the book's only been out for about a week and a half at this – well, two weeks tomorrow actually. Um, oh, when, it's freshly yeah. Oh, yeah. It came out on May 10th. <clears throat> oh, snap. Yeah. Okay. I think I saw like it, uh, it hit the top of the charts. You posted hit the top of the charts for children's. So we're actually still the number one new bestseller is children in children's biographies yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. After, even after being released for like two weeks. Wow. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's really fucking cool. So yeah, the story really does go like through my life. It goes through. Um, it's like real events. Yeah. Like we tried to make it as true as possible. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I see a lot of people spending a lot of time you know, fantasizing about who they're not. You know, I think it's, uh, especially with social media and seeing all the different, uh, you know, people with the nice cars and nice bodies and uh, this and that. And I think it's easy to get kind of caught up in uh, maybe being stuck on like old beliefs about what you can actually do or who you can actually become, yeah. you know, that it's yeah. it's stifling to people and it's can be difficult to get up off the couch when you constantly have, you're constantly fed. I mean, it's called a feed. You're constantly feeding yourself yeah. other people's story. And then you might kind of feel inferior. You might think like, well, that story is not for me. How do I go? How do, what about me? How do I, how do I go not? figure that out? You yeah. know, I think it's can be uh, crippling for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, for us, we've just, you know, I think it's, even though we're talking about social media, how it could be negative. Also, it's also such a positive, Cute. you know, because of, you know, with us, like, we just share our love, right? Like it's it's about lifting in love on our pages. That's really mm-hmm. about it. And like and yeah. some advoca- advocacy stuff because obviously we have this amazing platform for positive change. But like the amount of times we get messages, um, whether it's teenagers or adults saying that like because of us being able to share our story and just being unapologetic about it, it makes them feel more comfortable in their skin. Makes them realize like, oh, like – I could have a future like that too. And I think that's like one of the most empowering things about, you know, what we do on social media. Yeah. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's really dope because it's like if somebody, let's say that somebody doesn't like this for some reason or is, is Oh, I'm sure the comments are going to be unreal. Yeah. I think a, a really, a lot of people don't ask themselves first off, like why they believe what they believe. Um, because it's like when you mm. think a certain thing, you may have thought it for a very long time, whether it's about yourself, like why do I think I'm this or why do I think I'm this way? Or whether if it's about other people, it's just like it's a belief and it's true. Yes. But when you sit down and ask yourself why you believe it and you really kind of try to work that out and articulate it, you'll probably find a lot of holes and a, a lot of things that just are not rational. Or you all. don't have an answer. Or you don't have an answer. That's my thing too. It's like your belief is your belief, but my existence is a reality. So it's like you can believe that belief with no tangible like evidence. Mm-hmm. But like me standing in front of you being who I am is like, no. That's a mic drop moment, what you just said. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, was pretty dope. fucking dope. Fucking bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I do find, which is funny, is like in my position, like I'm comfortable enough where like I'll call people out about it, but kind of in a passive aggressive way. Mm-hmm. So like just this week at World's Strongest mm-hmm. Man, I was watching the CrossFit game semifinals and I'm sitting down at a table watching it and somebody comes up. They're like, man, why are you watching CrossFit? That's gay. I was like, well, I am. You am what? Watching CrossFit? <laughs> and, um, he goes, oh, no, like, you know what I mean? I was like, no, I don't. What do you mean? Oh, no. And he couldn't answer. He was like, uh, uh, 
and they just kind of like walked away. Yeah. Right. So like when you challenge people in that way, like I think it's a, re- it's, it's a fun moment for me. Cause I'm like, I got you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain to you what yeah. gay is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like you. I just, I also, like I said, it's kind of like that just fuck you mentality where I'm just like, I really don't care what you think in this moment. Like yeah. what you said is wrong. I'm going to let you know about it. Mm-hmm. How do you, uh, talk to yourself you know with lifting these fucking giant implements that you're going to be lifting this weekend uh you're really gifted at like the overhead press but there might be other movements where you're like oh fuck here come how do you (laughs) how do you uh get out of your own head and have better self-talk better confidence in yourself to get better at these movements i think the biggest thing and the biggest transformation in the way i compete is my number one priority every time i step on a competition floor is have fun Right. Um, I lost that for a long time and I became a terrible strong man, a terrible husband. And I was putting too much pressure on myself to succeed. And because I was doing that, it was decreasing my performance. The only way to have fun would be to be prepared, right? Because you want to do well. So if you're prepared, the funning might kind of take care of itself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a great example of this is at the Arnold from this past year. Um, I had an awesome performance, was actually in the lead after the first three events, even into day two. Kind of shit the bet on the frame carry, which like I knew was going to be a tough event for me going in. You're right. It's an 880-pound frame, no straps, up a ramp, and I have tiny chubby hands. (laughs) Um, You know, and I'm going against these monsters. And grip is just one of those things like, you work on it as hard as you want, and it gets a little bit better, right? And that's frustrating as hell. So going into that event, like, I trained it, and I knew going into it, I was like, well, if I can pick it up, it's a PR, <laughs> right? And I moved it, like, 10 feet, right? Ripped my hand open, and I was like, ah, that sucks. That's going to pull me off the, out of first place and off mm-hmm. the podium and everything. And I was kind of in my feelings about it because I had these goals set and stuff like that. And right before the final event – um, you know, we had this stone to shoulder event. It was this natural stone, 419 pounds. Um, and it was just yeah. a beast. And like Joey came over to me and he could see I was getting into that space again where I was like kind of stoic, um, you know, not focusing on anything else, almost getting tunnel vision. And he comes yeah. up to me, gives me a kiss on the head. He's like, hey, just go out there and have fun. And like it just kind of smacked me out of that. I'm like, shit, you're right. Like I'm getting – I get to go on that floor and – lift this thing in front of 6,000 people. Like how fucking cool is that? When you already had a great performance. So it's kind of like, yeah. And you know what? I shit the bed. I didn't lift the stone, but I was like, you know, I stood up after that. I waved to the crowd. I was like, this is awesome. Right. And like, if I stay in that mentality, um, I'm able to just kind of like get through those events that I know I'm just not going to do as well on and just know that like, I'm still here for the right reason. Do you do better with your own self-talk uh, going into the gym now, whereas before you had a lot of reservations about it? Yeah, it's a lot better now, but like even till this day, I still do. It's like, I kind of like like <laughs> lean towards him to kind of like, it's like when you, you can give yourself your own advice, but like hearing it from someone else, even more so like not even from him, it's like other people at the gym and they're like, I'm his husband. So it doesn't like count because <laughs> I'm that. like, you have to say that. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, definitely yeah. better like than it was when I first started going at the gym. Yeah, like he's confident enough now. Like he he used to be so in his head that like when we would go to our gym, a gym we go to four to five times a week, I would have to walk in first <laughs> because he just like still had that anxiety, right? Yeah. Like what a lot of people don't realize is like the gym for a gay man is terrifying. 
because you know there's like and I will say I like it'd be more like a haven well, <laughs> depends on the gym oh true uh, I was picturing West Hollywood <laughs> yeah no sorry that vibe yeah but like the walking shirt, yeah. and stuff walking into a strongman powerlifting gym as a mm. gay man right like it's gonna set off some alarms mm. and I would say like as gay men we we probably stereotype like we shouldn't but like we have this fear in our mind that it's like well if I need to like ask for a spot is he gonna think I'm hitting on him yeah, right like and, and we play those scenarios out depending on how you ask for a spot that's true <laughs> <laughs> just a little butt tap hey you busy um, <laughs> I'd be like whoa <laughs> now I'm not um, <laughs> uh, you know but I think it's like we work up these scenarios in our head and it like just gives us a, that anxiety where like then we just like well you know I'm just not gonna go do it and for him to step into our home gym lightning fitness for the first time and like to see him enjoy it and like what he was doing, like was a really, really cool moment. And that's, you know, it's just been a, a really great part of the journey. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. when you were talking about those stereotypes, I think that's a stereotype that some straight guys have that they shouldn't about gay guys. Yeah. Like one of the reasons mm -hmm. why they may feel uncomfortable around gay guys is like, is he attracted to me? Like no, checking me out. <laughs> chances, <Yeah. laughs> chances are probably like not. Nine times out of ten, no. <laughs> exactly. But like that's that's one thing that I think is like some weird barrier that some guys need to get through. Like not every guy that's gay thinks you're hot. Well, it was funny. I was having this conversation. I forget with who, but they like had that mentality. And I was like, well, when you look at like all these girls, like, do you think they're hot and want to like have sex with them? He's like. I mean, most of the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to change that, your never mind. mind. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. I'm also curious about this, Joey. As yeah. you've gotten bigger, because like, you're pretty jacked now, mm -hmm. right? What kind of confidence has that brought you, if any? Like, how, like, oh, huge. Yeah. Like, even just like being able to walk like into anywhere. Like, more so, I would say it, it helps with my family. Like, because oh. they're just so like traditional, and it's like they see me as that, like, Smaller, skinny, like I was a twink in high school. Like I was hoping you were gonna say that. <laughs> like just hairless, like super skinny. Like I was a hundred at like forty pounds, and like then I started working out. They're like, "What the like? You're just like bigger now." So they, I feel like they give me a little bit more respect, or just they treat me differently now that I'm like bigger. Especially like I have like all girl cousins, and we're like all around like a year or two, and mm -hmm. like all their boyfriends like we're around. Like they treat me differently now because I'm bigger than them now, and I'm yeah. stronger. So it's like. Not that they gave me shit, but like they would poke at me a lot, mm -hmm. and now they don't, and more so because I poke back. So they're like, "Oh shit, okay, never mind." I'm gonna lose this battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, like, oddly enough, like you know, I started lifting partially because I was injured, but partially because I couldn't do anything else when I was 13. But there is a level of insecurity that getting bigger does help with. I mean, it's not thing that a lot of people talk about, but like putting on some muscle will give you some extra confidence in certain situations because physically you are, you, you feel like a more physically dominant human being at that yeah. point. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you need to get as big as possible, but it can absolutely help with any individual's confidence. Yeah. It, has, it has with me. It has with so many people I know. So it's just like, that's why we love, that's one of the reasons why we love this shit. Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything uh, like dudes in the gym can be better at uh, to be a little bit more inclusive? I think it's just getting rid of the getting rid of that thought, right? Like that, like oh, this you know guy's hitting on me, or like I think just any preconceived notion of what they feel a gay man is, just like throw it out the window and treat us just like any other guy. 
right? Like yeah, just somebody. I think it's just that's just gym culture, yeah. right? Like it's like you hope that everybody that's going to the gym is going there to better themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you have that mentality about everybody in the space around you, their sexuality shouldn't have any bearing on how you treat them. And I think that's um, it's a you know a, a pie in the sky type wish to hope for that, but it really is just like you know if. Joey was in a jam and he came over to you, Mark, and was like, Hey, like, can I get a spot? Like, it should just be like, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Um, but I think it's just like, again, like people just have those preconceived notions that make that conversation different. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I don't want to say a big part of our show, but sometimes we play around on this show and we'll start talking about random things and then we'll talk about how, like, we'll sleep together. <laughs> uh, we'll make out whatever you know we'll joke Prove around it. yeah i know right <laughs> that's actually a pretty good point there yeah, prove it andrew uh, well no i mean i can literally play like any episode where oh, we're yeah. talking about something you know kind of yeah we kind of gay, gay. We, yeah. we go there no it's gay it's, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely gay <laughs> so we all have you know female significant others is it okay for us to joke around amongst ourselves and say literally like gay jokes and stuff but we are just playing around we are not gay is that okay i mean yeah i mean it's how you how would you use yeah we're not doing it maliciously or anything i just want to make because like like mark said we're we're like the tone of the jokes like yeah so now we're not like like yeah that's gay but it's like literally the things that we like if you (laughs) you say what what is a super training gym strongest gym in the west gayest gym in the world I want to go there. Yeah. 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 You're here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Though. Like we just joke around like that. Like that's not offensive. There's always a lot yeah. of gay undertones to like gym stuff, right? I mean, mm. spotting each other oh, and teabagging yeah. each other on the bench press and <laughs> yeah. spotting each other from behind and like Joey's pissed he didn't join the gym earlier. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> it's like wait, you can get teabagged at the yeah. gym? They do that? This is awesome. <laughs> do I tip somebody? Yeah. <laughs> Every Tuesday. <laughs> Um, bench day. <laughs> no, I don't think that it's wrong, right? Like, because like I'll even usually hop in on the joke. That's the thing, right? It's like, like if you join in too. Yeah, you know. So I think it's like there was um there was like a couple of guys going on a trip together, and they were like saying like they had to share a bed, right? They're like, oh, like we're gonna cuddle. So I'm like, oh yeah, who's gonna be the big spoon, <laughs> right? So like I'll jump in, and then but the funny thing about that conversation it was like it actually divulged into like an actual conversation that would work. <laughs> and one guy's like, so there was like one like shorter, stockier guy, and like one's taller, skinnier guy, and the taller, skinnier guy's like, yeah, well, like I'll be the big spoon, like I'm bigger. He's like. I'm taller. He's like, no, but like I'm bigger so I can like wrap you up better. Like they had a legit conversation. The I'm taller like, guy covers more ground. Like so help, me move, yeah. help me move this desk. Let's try it in this room. Right here. <laughs> so like, I think like, oh, especially man. if you're around gay people and like, you know, you can like sense their personalities. Like obviously with us in this room, like, yeah. we're to- like again, we're probably going to jump in on the joke and you know, um, so I think it all depends on, again, like the context, the intention and all that stuff. Yeah. How are you going to beat these guys this weekend? There's some real monsters out there, right? Dude. Oh, and uh, yeah. on the note of the Arnold, uh, if I remember correctly, you finished like fourth or fifth, right? Fifth place, yeah. Fifth place. And, and I remember you came over to the booth that we were at and you were like, you were very happy and very content. You're like, this Stoked. is this is where I kind of thought I would land. And I made a post about it kind of saying like how I thought that that was remarkable because you set out and did a lot of the things that you wanted to do. And the placing was just a byproduct of where you uh where you finished for the day so i qualified for the honor for the first time in 2019 
when I qualified for the Arnold uh, for the 2020 year, it was my goal to take top five. I took sixth in 2020. Mm. 2021, we didn't have an Arnold Strongman Classic. So I was like, well, I need to get top five, right? And like, that was my goal. And like, that's why I was so ecstatic with the Arnold because I was like, I fucking did it. Like, that's what I wanted, right? And so like, there are some people that are like, well, you didn't win. Like, that's not good enough. I'm like, no. Like I'm, I'm the shortest, lightest competitor here. And I just, I took second place in the squat with a 961 squat. Um, and like, I just took fifth place at the heaviest strongman competition in the world. Sick. Like I'm fucking pumped about that. Mm-hmm. You know, even after the past two years though, like coming back to like a heavy competition. Like yeah. That. The past two years of, you know, health wise have been tough for me. You know, I ruptured my tricep in 2020, got testicular cancer in 2021, um, and then, you know, come back, took sixth place at the Rogue Invitational right after testicular cancer, then fifth at the Arnold. And now we're here at World's Strongest Man. And this, this year's World's Strongest Man is a, it's a beast of a show. It's like stacked. 30 athletes, 20 of us could be in the top 10. Wow. Um, so in my group, I'm in, I'm in group three. I have the 2020 World's Strongest Man, Oleski Novikov. I have the Shaw Classic champion, Trey Mitchell. I have Adam Bishop, who is attempting the deadlift world record in a few mm. months. Um, and, you know, myself, then there's Gregor Shemansky, who's making his first World's Strongest Man appearance since 2016, but he is a World's Strongest Man finalist. Mm-hmm. And then this guy, Mika Toro from Finland, who is a giant. He's <laughs> six foot nine. Um, so that's my group. And you have to be top two to get to the finals, right? That being said, like, I feel fucking good. You know, I'm excited. It's this is my first year back at World's Strongest Man since 2019. Training went great. Um, I did everything I could that's within my control to be able to perform as well as I need to. The competition is just going to be hard. Like, who everybody I've talked to, it's like looking at my group, whoever wins is going to have a perfect competition. Mm-hmm. You can't make any mistakes if you want to mm-hmm. win that group. Um, so, a little bit of pressure there. For sure, but um, but I'm excited. I'm I think I'm up for it. And, you know, I'm just ready to have some fun and do some cool shit. Who is kind of favored to win? Is there a? I would say, like looking at it, we have like the pre, like 2021 World Strongest Man is Tom Stoltman, um, and then I think Martins is probably he's my favorite. Um, How big is Martins? I've never seen him in person. So he's, he's like, not like six huge. three, six three. Uh, walks around about three forty. Yeah. Okay. Um, plays a lot of video games, right? He does play a lot of video games. <laughs> His grip strength's great. Yeah, <laughs> got those thumbs. <laughs> but he, um, you know, he won the Rogue Invitational. Mm-hmm. He won the Arnold Strongman Classic. So he's riding a high right now, coming into World Strongest Man. He looks good. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I will say, like the events are a little bit lighter this year than they historically have been. So. I think that's going to play into the hand of the, some of the lighter, like more athletic athletes um, over the bigger guys. But it's, um, yeah, I, I think this is probably the hardest year anybody has had to try to decide mm. who's going to be the top 10 finalists and who's going to be on the podium. And you always have to watch out for those uh, veterans like Brian, Brian Shaw. Mm-hmm. He yeah. came in second, I think, last year. And yeah. he looks awesome. He has a Joe incredible. Ken as his coach. It's incredible. Um, and he, you know, has really changed his philosophy as an athlete. And, you know, it's – I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah. He's already four-time World's Strongest Man, I yeah. believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four-time World's Strongest Man. I think he's won the Arnold three times. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it, we were just talking to the gym about like the safety of the strongman sport. But do you think that they lightened the loads to make it overall safer, even though you guys are doing more reps? 
I think they did it because of the heat this week. Oh, <laughs> in all well, safety, honesty, yeah, really. So it goes yeah, well, so it does okay, go with yeah, safety, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, I think I think a lot of it plays with the what we're dealing with this week. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be over 100 degrees for the first two days of competition. Oh god. Um, so I think that's that plays into it. But um, you know, I think it's there's been a trend in in strongman over the past few years where it's kind of like the Arnold is seen as like the static monster of strongman competitions. Um, and worlds tends to show better all overall athleticism of a strongman, and I think that's amazing because even though the sport of the the name of the sport is strongman, you have to be one hell of an athlete to do what we do. Yeah, right. Like, and that's what drew me to the sport in the first place. And you know, like I did powerlifting, loved it, but to be honest, like I got bored mm-hmm. just training. It's the boring. three big right, the three big lifts, and. I had been an athlete in high school and I was like, I missed that feeling of, of training like an athlete. And that's what I love so much about strongman. I think that's like why you love it so much after being a college athlete. Yeah. You just become like, well, more rounded as an athlete. I think. Yeah. Thinking about all the things that you guys do, like even the nature of picking up an Atlas stone or anything where there's pulling involved, like, like reaching and pulling there's there's a lot of components that you miss out on in things like bodybuilding and powerlifting that actually allow you to be an athlete like there's so many different things for you guys to do and have to be good at well that's the thing like so this is the 13th year i've done i've done strongman i did my first competition when i was 17 whoa i've never once done a competition that has the same events in it every single contest has been different that i've competed in like how cool is that you know like it's constantly like you're gonna have okay there's a log press right but Some it could variation. be for max reps it could be for a one rep max it could be a part of a press medley so it's always varied and you never know what you're going to do um and that's just part of the excitement of the sport because it's like after you finish a contest you're like oh i can switch what i'm doing and train for something different even though it's the same sport mm-hmm. and uh more recently you started working with matt frazier i did i did yeah so um I'm a certified athletic trainer, um, you know, by school, but obviously strength has kind of been my life. And I, um, I met Matt originally actually through his fiance, Sammy, um, her and I went to neighboring colleges. So we've known each other for years and it was at the Arnold in 2020 after we did this new event, it was a stone event. It was like, you had to press the first two, load the second two, and then carry the Husafelt stone. Had this like little iconic moment where I dove across the finish line with this stone to complete the course. And we get back and we're walking back to the athlete area and Sammy goes, Rob? I was like, hey, Sammy. Like obviously I know who she was because I know who Matt is. And she's like, you do this stuff? I was like, yeah, I'm kind of good at it. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) So that kind of like just like sparked this natural friendship with Matt and the group and stuff like that. And then – uh. A few months before the Arnold this year, Matt had reached out to me to because um, he was working with an athlete, Mal O'Brien, who's unbelievable, Jesus. unreal. She's yeah, just a here. freak yeah. of nature and 18 years old and, and one of the favorites to be on the podium at the CrossFit Games this year. And they're having some difficulties with her deadlift and, and really just trying to bring that up and focus on strength. So he asked me some pointers and we put her on pretty much just a powerlifting block for deadlift. And uh, in 10 weeks, you know, brought her deadlift up pretty significantly about like 60 to 80 pounds. Mm. So that's crazy. Yeah. And this girl's like 18. We were just like talking freshly about her. 18. Yeah. So does Matt have a uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, real <Oop>. fresh? 
He can say that. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, she's jacked. It's yeah, crazy. she looks great. Yeah. Matt Frazier, um, I, I, first of all, I think it's amazing that he reached out because a lot of coaches and a lot, he's five time CrossFit Games champ. Yeah. Like, what does he need help he's with? He's pretty but, yeah. good at a lot of things. But that's probably why he's so great. He's reaching out to other folks. Does he have an app or something like that? Is that what you're helping with? Or Yeah. So um, he has HWPO training, which um, is his training platform. Hard work pays off. Right? Hard work mm-hmm. pays off. So they have four tracks right now that are mainly CrossFit-based. Um, I'm being brought on as the head strength coach for, for the company. So we're actually going to be – I'm going to be releasing a program. I believe it's coming out July 1st. Um, called HWPO Strong, and that's really going to be made for those people that are, you know, have a really high level of fitness but are lacking strength, mm-hmm. and they just want to focus on like maintaining their level of fitness while getting strong as hell. Um, and but it's also just going to be a general great strength program. So some people that want to follow it, you know, the app is forty dollars a month, and to just get a really great strength programming with that has. So what we do, what we do different from most training apps is. We obviously have like our exercise library where we show you how to perform the exercises, but there's also about a five to 10 minute intro video of every workout mm-hmm. of what the intention of the workout is that day. What stimulus should we work? What should we, should we be focusing on? Mm-hmm. Um, really? What, what are we looking to get out of this session? And I think that's something it makes it, while it's not a personalized program, it makes it feel a little bit mm-hmm. more personal because now you know in your head, okay, this is what I need to be hitting. This is why I'm hitting it. Um, and yeah, it's honestly like it's a huge honor <laughs> for Matt to come to me and ask yeah. me to take on this role because I look at myself like, yeah, you know, I've done some cool shit in the sport of strongman and I'm pretty strong. But I look at Matt as like, you know, fucking five times CrossFit Champion. Games champion. That's insane. And, uh, you know, to be, to be looked at in that light as, you know, to be able to take over the strength piece of that, of that program is, uh, it's pretty sick. Do you mess with any Metcons or anything like that? We do CrossFit three times a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, actually go to a CrossFit gym and, and wow. do the, the daily class three times a week. So we're, we're part of the 6 a.m. crew, uh, get up nice and early. And, but you just did Randy, right? <laughs> so I, so I almost broke two CrossFit world records accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so yeah, what was the nature of that workout like? <clears throat> so barbells. That's Bar- it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the first crazy. one was uh, it's Randy, which is seventy five pound barbell, seventy five snatches as fast as possible. Wow. Um. So I did it in two minutes and thirty eight seconds. What the fuck? And the world record, yeah. I think, it was like two thirteen, two fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um. The other one was Grace, which is one hundred thirty five pounds, clean and press, clean and jerk for thirty reps. Mm. Um. I didn't know the world record going into the workout and I did it in a minute and seven seconds and then found out afterwards the world record's 59 seconds. Mm. And I'm like, shit, if I had known that, I probably wouldn't have put it down after 20 and taken a breath. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. But honestly, like, there's so many great parallels between like CrossFit and Strongman because you look at like mm. a CrossFit gym, your, your typical workout's going to be between that 10 to 20 minute range. That's kind of the sweet spot for your CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. And like to be able to work in that conditioning space for that amount of time, you're going to see great carryover to conditioning and strongman. Um, so that's really and honestly, like I love CrossFit. That's I got my start in strongman out of a CrossFit gym in 2009. Um, so I've always there's always been something that draws me back. And now to be a little bit more ingrained in the community, working with Matt and HWPO, and like for us to be able to like just go up to his house and hang out for the weekend and train. It's like the first time we went up there, we're like, we're laying in bed. And I looked at him. I was like, 
we're at Matt Fraser's house right wow. now. And they're just like good people. Like it just yeah. wasn't even like not even phased, like not yeah. even nervous. They were just like, here, just grab whatever you want in the fridge. Like let's make this your home. I'm like, all right. Okay. Did Sammy cook for you? I see those meals she posted. <laughs> yeah. About. yeah, she's an amazing, yeah. amazing. And she has things like stocked in the fridge. She's like, just grab a like overnight oats. Like she has things just like planned. I'm like, like peanut wow. butter and jelly overnight oats, just like sitting there oh, to eat whenever. It's that's like, gotta be all so right, good. I'll take that. Yeah. You know, like, but yeah, like they're they're just great people. And like I said, it's it's really an honor to be a part of that that crew now. And um, you know, we're looking to do a lot of really cool stuff. Like this will be our first year going to the CrossFit Games, so I'm super excited about that. And you know, it's what I think. What's also cool is like they look at us like a package deal, right? Like it's I had to go up there one weekend. Um, Joey had a bachelorette party to go to. As gays, we don't go to the bachelor parties. Yeah, no. We go to the bachelorette parties. Um, <laughs> okay. So he was at a bachelorette party and I go up there and like I walk in like Matt gives me this big hug and he's like, oh, like where's Joey? He's like, oh, he's at a bachelorette. So he was pissing himself off of that. <laughs> and then Mal, Mal and Joey like hit it off right away. And Mal goes. Where's Joey? I was like, oh, he's at a bachelorette. She goes, well, that's unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think when we were leaving the first time I met her, I was like, I'm the older gay brother that you never asked for, (laughs) but you're getting. Yeah. So it's been, yeah, it's been really, really cool. And I'm, I'm super excited to be, you know, to be in this new role and working with them. Yeah. Being in, being in the sport of strongman for so long now, what do you think the sport could improve on to potentially get bigger? Because it, you know, there's a lot of different things in strongman, but you don't see dedicated, you don't see a lot of dedicated strongman gyms. Maybe there's a powerlifting gym that has some strongman equipment, but you don't see any just strongman gyms. So I think the biggest thing is like, granted, saying that we've, we have seen a huge swing in the direction of, you know, more mainstream sport for strongman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, the amateur circuit here in the U.S. has gotten a lot bigger, which is great. I think people are realizing that it's accessible to more than just the monsters of men um, and seeing that it is getting more attention at the lower weight classes right now. There's, you know, Clash on the Coast. There's some like really great organizations that are working to promote the, the lower weight classes mm-hmm. because up until recently, it's like, well, you're a heavyweight or you're nothing. Right. Like there was really no future for you as a, as a lower weight class athlete. And now that's starting to change. So I think that's going to help grow the sport in a really positive direction. Um, you know, I think honestly, it's just, it's just going to be time. And I, I think another thing is like in America, there isn't that cultural appreciation for strength mm-hmm. as there is in other countries, right? Like we go to the UK and I compete there. 10,000 seat arenas sold out. It's wild. It's like wow. the first time I had a contest there, I was like, this many people are watching. I'm used to like the parking lot where there's like a couple <laughs> people on bleachers. Yeah. We went, the first time I competed in the UK was at the O2 arena in Leeds, 12,000 seats sold out. And it's just, you walk out and it is a wall of people mm-hmm. as far as you can see, you know, and here in the U S like the Arnold was actually the most attended strongman competition we've had in the U S and there was about six or 7,000 people there still, which was amazing. amazing. And now, but we're at a point where the Arnold strongman classic is the biggest competition draw at the expo. Right. So like, we're definitely starting to see a shift. I think it is just time. And like, people are starting to realize being strong is really fucking cool. Yeah. But even to add to that, I think they need to tap in like, kind of like how CrossFit does. It's like the basis of community. Like you need to get the beginners to go because no one's going to want to go to a gym and lift all this stuff when they have no idea what they're doing. It's intimidating. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to bring a sense of community and like build it from the ground up yeah. to kind of build it for like years to come. Yeah. 
That's one really cool thing that CrossFit has done, though, because they have these workouts that are just set. And like when you think about how complex strongman can be with all the different equipments and yeah. all these different things you guys are working with, if there's nothing set that somebody can just no. do, it's like I'm gonna just go bodybuild. Yeah, <laughs> like, you need some assistance in like whatever type of strongman event you're doing. Yeah, it's like there's so many that you like you're just learning new ones all the time. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for your time today. I know you've got, got a busy week ahead of, yeah, ahead of you. And, uh, I know. Wish you all the luck <laughs> This in the is world. more fun, though. It is, right? Yeah. yeah. Get to dick around. Am I allowed to say that one? <laughs> I think so. Definitely. <laughs> and how appropriate. What a way to end the show. You know? <clears throat> Thank you guys again. <laughs> Thank I really you. appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks for having this us. This was awesome. Where can people get the book, Strong? So you can find Strong. Uh, it's anywhere books are sold. So it's in Barnes & Noble and all that stuff or online at Amazon.com. Uh, Andrew, take us on out of here. All right. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Sincerely appreciate it. Please drop us some comments down below. Make sure you guys like today's video. Subscribe if you guys are not subscribed already. Follow the podcast at MB Power Project on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. My Instagram, TikTok, Twitter is at I am Andrew Z and Sima. Where are you at? Don't forget to head to the Discord. I think we're almost at 1,200 members. Damn, so sorry. head there because we're answering a bunch of questions and doing fun shit there. So, and Sima Yang on Instagram, YouTube, at Sima Yin Yang on TikTok and Twitter. Joe, Joey. Joey, right? yeah. Joey, Rob, where can people find you guys? So you can find me at jkearney15 at Instagram. And then I am the world's strongest gay on Instagram and YouTube. What if uh, one of the guys that wins this year comes out as being gay and then he's like, I am the world's strong. Yeah, what happened? No, it's a full on battle. Battle. (laughs) Turns into a UFC man. I play dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not letting that shit go that easy. I love it. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later. I didn't think about that.